0: God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you must be so excited. Listen now.
1: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at MoonPig.com. MoonPig.com Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: This is a podcast from The Bugle. (laughs)
1: aggressive.
2: Be aggressive. Brr. It's cold in here. There must be some gargle in the atmosphere. I said, give me a G. G. Give me an argle. Argle. I can't hear you. What did you say? I said, this is the gargle. The sonic glossy magazine to the Bugles Audio Newspaper for Visual World. This week's edition of topical satirical non-politics is a limited edition, collected edition, family edition of the show. Our guest editors for this week are both good solid family men. Uh, Mr Andrew Zaltzman. Hello. Welcome. And uh, Mr. James Nokise, welcome.
3: They're not my kids.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's plunge into this week's magazine, having a quick look at the front cover. front cover this week is a picture of a YouTube family blogging celebrity who you don't recognize this week, but you will soon because it's only a matter of time before one of them is accused of a crime. (laughs) The satirical cartoon this week is a family playing Monopoly, all of whom are holding large weapons behind their backs. Subtitled by the Tolstoy quote, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. (laughs) And uh, that brings us into the body of the magazine. Our section one is the origins of family, a.k.a. the origins of sex. Sex apparently began in a lake in Scotland. Andrew Zoltzman, you've been in a lake in Scotland. Can you tell us about this? I began
0: in a lake in Scotland and uh, I was hauled out by an ancient king um, that proved his (laughs) destiny, I think. Well, I mean, the thing is, you know, in a Scottish lake, as Robert Burns, the uh, famous Scottish poet, wrote, bagpipes can do funny things to a fish. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I don't, he might have written that, it's very hard to tell with Burns it, he, he could have written anything But th- they found this th- what, 385 million year old fossil Or pair of fossils That they think were at it hammer and tongs And possibly the first ever fossils to do the, the dirty deed Microbrachius dickey I mean really, <laughs> whoever named that memorable. fossil really needs to grow up <laughs> and apparently they had uh, little arms that would link the male and the female together uh, the male had a large L-shaped prongulum <laughs> which would then dock in what is described as the female's genital plates oh, um, no. who i think was also a british rapper in the, in the 1980s <laughs> and these plates are described as rough like cheese graters <laughs> and I mean this surely just shows the miracle of evolution. The evolution didn't think obviously, this has to fucking stop now. <laughs> let's stick with spawning. It's in everyone's best interests. Evolution instead thought, Oh, kinky, let's run with it, and now. Just 385 million years later, there's a thriving Bulgarian fetish scene. So, you know, that's just the way the world has evolved.
2: I mean, it's truly astonishing. I mean, I I know plenty of people who think of themselves as open-minded and experimental, but are you open-minded and experimental enough to try a whole new vector of copulation? (laughs) Can can you imagine being the first person to suggest this? In a world of spawners, you you suggest docking, docking with someone's genital plates.
0: Yes. Well, if they're like cheese graters. Like cheese graters.
2: <laughs> like cheese I mean, how much do
0: you like... I mean, I love Parmesan as much, much as the next person. I think there's a time and a place for it.
2: Who? And, I mean, I've seen this fossil. They are sort of linked, but they're arm in arm sideways. They've come inside. It's like a line dancing bang.
3: <laughs> Which is the whitest of all sexual positions. <laughs> I think what we've established here is that sex came before foreplay, because of course in modern times, if it's dry like a cheese grater, you're doing something wrong, and it's probably a sign to stop.
2: (laughs) It's underwater, nothing's dry, they're fish. Well,
3: and yet, look, I'm just saying, if if you're in water and it's like a cheese grater, you need to reevaluate your game, fish.
2: Well, apparently these are common fossils, but no one noticed the sexual organs until now, which again, not a compliment to the microbrachia (laughs) sticae.
0: Also, not a compliment to the, yeah, you know, the the scientists studying these fossils that, you know, that you can see two fossils who died in flagrante and not even spot it. But you know, I mean, but it's not quite as sexy as the Bible story, is it? In terms of you know the origin of of life and and saying the Bible gives us a hot naked dude and a hot naked babe. It involves a snake and some fruit and an unseen controlling power manipulating their behaviour I mean that's basically everything that's good about 21st century reality TV rolled into one but more so.
2: Well they don't say that Adam and Eve were wandering in the Garden of Eden and then Eve ate the fruit of forbidden knowledge and suddenly noticed her docking (laughs) plates and was ashamed.
0: (laughs) But I mean we've got to give some credit to Scotland uh, where you know you wouldn't necessarily have thought that uh, you know the the, the, the many and, and varied possibilities of uh, sexual congress w- would have begun in, in in Scotland, but Scotland's always been a hotbed of visionary innovation. You know, road surfacing, telephones, economics, passing football, and haggises. I and mean, it's amazing how inventive the mind can be uh, when there's no real incentive to go outside, <laughs> kick back, and catch some rays. So I, th- I think really, it's, I mean, it's a great place for for copulation to have. Uh, to to have begun, the lead author of the report from uh, Flinders University in Australia, Professor John Long, made the discoveries. He was looking through a box of ancient fish fossils. <laughs>
2: As you
0: do, but was this professionally or or recreation? We all get our kicks in different ways, but you know he he, he saw it and thought, hang on. But then uh, the fish didn't stick with this; they then reverted back to spawning rather than docking on uh, cheese grater genitals. But that's sensible, isn't it? I mean, you try something out, <laughs> you realise it's more trouble than it's worth, and you move on. And you know, if only the rest of evolution had taken that lesson, imagine how much more efficient we humans would be as a species. If we jettisoned all the various forms of humpage and conflagroining that have proved such a distraction to us over the millennia, how much more... Advi- I reckon the environment would be fine and we'd probably
3: all be living in floating space pods. It would be awesome. I do worry, Andy, that if we did that, we, just, we would have run out of porn about a decade ago. <laughs> well, I mean, what's sp- I mean, what would
0: spawning porn be? People just, like, dropping deposits on the, on the forest floor.
2: Andy, you asked that question, but I guarantee you there is an answer.
0: spornography sure
3: (laughs) the Pornhub creators are just looking at this story going yes i see at least three new categories coming out of this (laughs) news
2: your ad section now because if your diet isn't working then maybe these will modern life isn't what it used to be your ancestors never had to worry about their careers or that thing on your armpit you're afraid to go to the doctor about They lived simple, stress-free lives and now you can live just like they did with sabre-toothed tigers. Just one sabre-toothed tiger loose in your home and you'll never worry about your wife's fare again. Sabre-toothed tigers. Try one today. (coughs) Sometimes life can seem scary and unpredictable, like everything is just random chaos and no one really knows what's going on, but it doesn't have to be that way. With conspiracy theories, you can stand on solid ground again. Sure, the ground might be flat and... The world might be flat and ruled by evil lizard people, but at least someone's in charge. And what kind of mind-control drugs can they fit in half a glass of water? The real question. Life is short. Rice shouldn't be. Spaghetti, it's like long rice.
3: It's that
1: time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze...
2: Now it's time for our adversarial family section, beginning with childminders against parents. Unfortunately, a battle origins lost in the mists of time that rages on today uh, in the night. Apparently, uh, parents can't decide how much they want their childminders to love the children that they are themselves neglecting. James Nokise, have you been following this story?
3: I have, but not in a creepy way, uh, even though this <laughs> story originates uh, on Mumsnet, not necessarily <laughs> the usual hanging place for male comedians.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a couple.
3: There's a couple. But we're trying to get them out of the industry. Uh, what's <laughs> the Gigs a gig. Gigs a gig. What's happened <laughs> is there's been a research into childminders uh, saying they love you. Uh, to the children who they are minding. So they say, the child sometimes goes, I love you. The child says, I love you back. And this has been noted. And mums have come hard and said, this is the creepiest thing that you've ever heard in their life. Um, you shouldn't tell a child that's not your child. They struggle themselves to love the child. Why should someone else be able to love their child more than them? I think it has uh, a lot of tones, I would say, Alice, of parents worried that pedophilia may be involved because once you tell a child that you love them obviously there's some commitments that these mums are expecting to go along with that uh, really just a lot of self-projection onto innocent child minders.
2: I mean Andy have you been following this story?
0: Well yes uh, I mean when I saw the you know, child minders versus parents I thought finally one of my TV ideas has been picked up and uh, the future of pugilism was in in, in safe hands uh, because you know mixed martial arts has really run its course and um, yeah, there needs to be some element of uh, you know child custody involved in in professional fight sports but i mean to me you know is it appropriate for a child minded to tell a child in their care that they love them? i think it very much depends on a number of things uh, tone of voice is one i mean it's not ideal if it is either loaded with sarcasm or threateningly gruff or ear-bleedingly loud. I think that is going to scar a child. (laughs) It depends on context. It depends whether they add anything to the sentence. You know, if they say, I love you, dot, 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 more than your parents do. You can understand why the parents might m- might get a bit upset about that. I love you, or at least I will love you, when you tell me where Daddy keeps his secret stash of you know, <laughs> I love you so it's with great regret that I'm leaving you in the woods to find your own way home as an ancient Sparta-inspired child-toughening exercise that will be for your own long-term benefit. So, I mean, it, it, it d- does depend on various things. But also, to me, it seems like a fairly unlikely scenario. I mean, it's just one of the things that we're getting worried about something that doesn't really happen. Because, let's face it, other people's children are mostly f-ing annoying. So it just seems a very unlikely scenario that a childminder would say this. I think it's, we're dealing with hypotheticals here.
2: I think the childminders should say it to the children, but only if they really mean it. And uh, I feel like that could lead to inequalities in the schoolyard, because as we all know, some children are more lovable than others. You know, it's a very in- inconvenient truth for everyone, and I'm afraid that yeah. you know, obviously your own children are much more adorable than other people's children. I I don't understand this outrage. I feel like children should be told that they are loved as much as possible by as many people as possible.
0: That goes very, very much against British tradition, Alice. And, you know, we voted for Brexit, really to get away from this slightly European attitude that children are things to be cherished and and (laughs) incorporated into your life and society and back to the proper British way of really just ignoring them until they become human beings at the age of uh, 18 or 21.
3: I think the true crime that's being committed here, Alice, is that the editor has forced a reporter to use the handles uh, of the mothers on MumNet because as a serious journalist, they probably say, could I just say a mother? And they've got no, you have to write crazy guinea pig lady. You have to write <laughs> Mary had a little ram. You know, you've know, you got to uh, write take a letter, Miss Jones. And it really undercuts the years spent in journalism school to then be reporting <laughs> on children being told that they are loved.
2: I have to absolutely disagree with you, James, because I feel like uh, attaching these handles to these statements gives you some idea of the the weight of, of seriousness with which you should treat the, their opinions.
0: <laughs> but surely also it depends, you know, at what point is this expression of love being offered? You know, it surely depends whether it's acceptable or not on how long... The child has been left with the childminder. You know, on day one of a new childminder, if it's within the first 10 minutes, that does seem, you know, a a bit hasty on the part of the childminder because, like I said, most children turn out to be really irritating. You want to build up your evidence before diving in. (laughs) But say, if the childminder has had the child for six months after mum and dad have FRO'd around the world on a cruise ship, it's probably good for the child just to hear something positive. So, you know, again, it, it all depends.
3: I think that's wise advice just for adult relationships as well. Yes. Andy, I remember the awkwardness when we first met, and I was like, I love you. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah. it's um, uh, the green room's yeah, around the Just wait until I finish my yeah. set, James.
0: Yeah. You, know, that's, that, that was, you know, running on stage like that, yeah. and, you know, there's a time and a place. Uh, gig's
3: a gig, mate. I feel
2: like, as with all mum's net scandals, uh, <laughs> that there's a, a lot too many of them saying, trust your gut. And I feel that perhaps they, they have untrustworthy guts and maybe a slightly higher proportion of untrustworthy guts on net than in other places <laughs> on the internet. But that carries us on into our section of adversarial family stories because Pope Francis, uh, speaking of people with opinions that uh, he's not afraid to put out there, very outspoken man, Pope Francis, keeps having opinions about things. He has shut down what well, is called... Yeah, but
0: Alice, Alice that's gonna, if you give someone a, their own special balcony, they're going to think their opinions <laughs> are worth sharing.
2: I mean, true. Anytime I'm in a hotel room that has a balcony, I, I have got some strong opinions. And in this instance, uh, strong opinions on the same-sex marriage in the Catholic Church. He has said that the church does not have the power to change sacraments, apparently closing the door for the Catholic Church on the possibility of same-sex marriage. James Nokisa, you're the son of a preacher man. Can you uh, tell us a bit more about this story?
3: Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm the son of a Presbyterian. He's been married three times. He's having a great life.
2: <laughs> Have any of those marriages been to men? Is the question relevant?
3: No, but he's still kicking. So, you know, we never know. We live in hope. <laughs> uh, but the Pope, obviously, renowned family man and commentator. Um, he has said that sacraments are made by God. Uh, not by the church which has got to be one of the bigger cop-outs in biblical history because the entire catholic church if he actually read the bible is built by man to represent god it's 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 right there i mean i'm just a humble presbyterian
2: and who made god in the first place arguably a bush
3: look why would i rip the piss out of the catholic leader there was a whole (laughs) reformation fought over this kind of stuff it's a very very famous lutheran i think it is uh martin uh, some english guy the point is that the catholic church has said there's not going to be any gay marriage there's already legal precedent for it it doesn't have to be seen under god almost as though god doesn't want to see that kind of stuff Which, as per the normal jokes, is probably not top of God's top five lists on things He doesn't want to see from the Catholic Church.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also, the Vatican's argued for not giving blessings, uh, which seems a lot. You know, you can give blessings are a dime a dozen. Blessings are more common than childcare minders saying "I love you." They
3: bless ships.
2: If you bless a ship, and if there's a more unholy creature than a ship, I've yet to meet it. Andy, what's your take on this story?
3: Uh well
0: firstly just on on Martin Luther I think slightly I'm not sure he, he, I think he was German his full name was Martin Luther Blissett and he wrote uh <laughs> Uh, he wrote a load of stuff, and he played football for Watford and uh, at AC Milan. But look, it's very confusing. It's, it's mired in the depths of history. Uh, yes, I mean, to be honest, you know, if everything has to be as the Lord established, then the Catholic Church should be banning all Twitter messages that are not carved into stone tablets,
3: because that was very much I how God what's liked what's really him. ironic is that the Catholic Church, as uh, Jewish people will know, Alice, uh, Andy, is, is the remix. It's the, um, it's yeah. the Anglo remix of uh, Judaism. So... it turns out you can actually rewrite them in English
0: (laughs) there was um, a a few curious things in in March of this year apparently uh, the Vatican ruled that the church would not bless these same sex unions because quotes it does not and cannot bless sin now I mean, it can't can't bless sin. It can overlook, tolerate, institutionalise, camouflage and whitewash sin for (laughs) decade after abusive decade. But it cannot bless it. Each of their own. I'm not going to tell them how to live their lives. I mean, it can and has blessed setting people on fire in the past, stretching people on racks and other activities which are non-expert, non-Catholic eyes. Might look a bit on the sinny side of uh, of life. But um, interestingly, uh, it's a bit of etymology for you. Vatican. It's actually an abbreviation for the phrase "that I can do, but you cannot," because I have a big hat and shitloads of bling. So uh, that's the uh, the origin.
2: Well, I just I just want to put it out there for any gay couples listening who would like to be married under or blessed under the sacraments of the of the Catholic Church. Um, if you want to be blessed, uh, have you thought of pretending to be a sneeze? Because <laughs> that seems to work <laughs> if you want to trick a trick a blessing out of someone.
0: Also, they've said that. Um, uh, blessings for same-sex couples would be an affront to God. And I, I do worry about the amount of time God must spend being affronted. And it's no wonder that he he's exhausted. Because being affronted burns off a lot of calories for a start. But also, I mean, he must must be knackered. Though. It's no wonder he's so shit at his job these days, just spending all his time affronted <laughs> by stuff. Now, obviously, we know that the Catholic Church don't want to say or do anything. When it comes to you know, same-sex relationships, they, they've got to be careful, they've got to cover that. They don't want to say or do anything that results in a massive increase in the number of volcanoes going off, earthquakes juddering out, or tsunamis splashing in, because God, obviously, is legally contracted to punish acts of same-sex biblical infraction with natural disasters. So they do have to be careful. But even so, I think it is time for, for them to move on and accept modern society as it is.
2: I think, with, as with so much disapproval, this is just jealousy, because they're aware that if you allow Catholic... Gay weddings. Uh, the the priest will not be the one wearing the best dress.
3: True. I think we should be fair to the Catholic Church. They're not... still cool with the sex. They're still fine with it. it's the marriage. <laughs> they're still they still out there, you know, getting to frock up and having a great time. You know, that's you know they're still Raphaeling the shit out of it. <laughs> Did I get a reference? Raphael died, died, <laughs> died in the Was the painter for the Pope and died in the He's one of my favorite Renaissance painters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, there does seem to be a direct correlation between people who get most upset about same-sex marriage and the people least likely ever to be invited to a same-sex wedding. But <laughs> I think it is essential cake jealousy.
3: Oh, for f- sake, who invited the Pope? Jesus... <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's all the time we have for our family vendettas section, because now it's time for your reviews. As with every week, our correspondents bring in a thing to review out of five stars. James Nukise, what have you brought in for us?
3: Um, Well, due to being still stuck in a different country to my parents, I've brought in uh, for family theme text messages between me and my parents. So Mm -hmm. very quickly, mum on Friday, really loved your latest newspaper article. Uh, Thanks, Mum. Thought you'd enjoy it. Uh, Shall we have a bit of a catch-up later? I'm just watching the news in Melbourne. Looks a bit funny. It is. Let's do that. Maybe after dinner? Sounds good. All right, talk to you then. I give it uh, four out of five. She could have been funnier. She is my (laughs) mum. Dad, son, can you send through the thing you mentioned in your last call? Sure, Dad. What's your email address? It is the one you have. (laughs) Okay, Dad. I don't think you've emailed me from it. I might have for your birthday. I didn't. <laughs> Love you. So I'm going to give that a four as well, because that's, that's pretty good for my dad.
2: That's good comedy, bad parenting, I think, that exchange. Oh. <laughs> I didn't email you for your birthday. It's the best birthday present of all.
3: My, my dad, I don't know if you guys have encountered this. He has a PhD. He is very intelligent. He's a gifted orator. He is useless at the written Like It's amazing to me. How he can write thesis and check thesis and be so bad in texting and emails. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Andy Zaltzman, what have you brought in to review? Uh
3: well I've um
0: got some of my old relatives uh that um that, that I've reviewed. Uh-huh. Um great uncle Herbert, never really found true happiness personally in a joyless marriage or professionally in a career in car park management. Herbert allowed a sense of generational bitterness to fuse with his personal lack of fulfilment, creating a distant, intermittently resentful elderly relative whom children begged not to sit next to at Christmas, despite his oft-repeated claim that he once ran over a corgi dog that he thinks might have belonged to the Queen. Two stars. <laughs> Great Aunt Grenovive, frightfully tedious obsession with minor medical ailments, could be leavened by entertaining outbursts of irascibility about unwanted insects and underbrewed tea. An obsessional stickler for the rules when playing board games, Great Aunt Grenovive lacked even a rudimentary humanity when dealing with anyone under the age of 40, frequently finishing conversations with the words, Well, you wouldn't have been allowed to cry about something like this in the war, young lady stroke gentleman. Unverifiable rumours about a wartime incident with an American GI in the wreckage of a crash Messerschmitt added to her otherwise minimal mystique. She would blush crimson and whenever a war film was on, enough said, uh, two stars as well. And uh, Ian, second cousin once removed, age seven, soul-breakingly irritating, a one-child argument in favour of Armageddon. Uh, So those are my reviews of my clearly fictional relatives.
2: Now, in the family game of family life, uh, we've come to the divorce section. Uh, which is a, a story that's come out recently about Melinda Gates and her dealing... A, a lot of stories have come out about Melinda Gates and her dealing with divorce with Bill, but apparently she has thrown an extravagant bridal shower for her daughter at the sprawling lakefront estate that was previously shared with her and, and Bill Gates. And apparently they look like they're having a grand old time, which people are variously interpreting to mean that Melinda Gates is a heartless hussy or uh, doing-it-right Andy Zoltzman, you are happily married. Yes. Can you give us your take on this divorce story?
0: Well, I have mercifully zero first-hand experience of, uh, of divorce. I mean, I was fascinated by what Melinda and Bill Gates said when they announced their split, that we no longer believe that we can grow together as a couple. And, you know, I've been married now for 17 years, and growing together as a couple is absolutely not something that you should be aspiring to. You want to just gradually sink into the sofa and you know watch increasing amounts of television. Uh, that's I mean it's not about growing together, isn't it? It's just about you know ticking off the years until the merciful claw of the reaper moves you on to a better realm. So they, the problem is they set their sights too high.
2: Well, it's also an odd thing because she's she's hosting this bridal shower for her daughter who's about to get married, despite the example of her parents having been divorced after 17 years of happy and productive marriage that has literally changed the face of the world in a number of ways, which could arguably be seen as a success of a marriage, uh, and calling it quits at exactly the right time. Nonetheless, uh, her daughter is marrying a horse guy, so we can all hope... What, a centaur? No, uh, an Egyptian show jumper. (laughs) Oh, uh, right, sorry. Which which (laughs) sounds like a euphemism for someone whose parents also have a lot of money. (laughs) I think you... You get an assessment of uh, Jennifer's parents' wealth status by uh, her bio, which is an equestrian aficionado and medical student.
3: Well, I think we've, we've, we've all been through breakups. It's just a part of adult life. And, you know, when you get your favorite CD um, or your favorite cushion and your ex doesn't take it, you, you feel pretty good. So I think if you just times that feeling by about 20 billion. <laughs> you you probably feel what Melinda Gates is feeling because I think any relationship you walk away from and you're one of the top 5 richest people of your gender in the world. I think I think top top 5 women uh, the top 60 men. I'm not sure what the inequality is up to at this point.
2: Well, apparently apparently there's some dispute as to whether she owns this lakefront estate or whether Bill Gates owns the lakefront estate. Uh, it's called Xanadu 2.0, which is a reference to the Coleridge po- poem Kublai Khan and also his computer fortunes. Uh, but apparently Melinda is allowed to use it for, for fun things as well, such as throwing a party right. for her well, daughter.
0: If it's Xanadu 2.0 then you can be guaranteed that the next update it's probably going to be really irritating and not actually improve anything, but just decrease the <laughs> overall functionality of things for reasons that are beyond comprehension.
3: Isn't it strange? All the male billionaires are like, "We're going to get in rockets and go to space," and then it's like the only female billionaire in the news is like, "I'm throwing a nice party for my daughter."
2: <laughs> well, and the other female billionaire in the news, which is to say, Jeff Bezos's ex-wife, is uh, giving away huge quantities of money to various charities. Uh, which, again, it's not shooting it into space, but it's still good.
0: Uh, apparently, um, uh, scientists have, uh, have found the first divorced fossils um, <laughs> just next to a lake in Scotland.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the reasons for divorce being he was into some weird shit.
0: <laughs> it's it's which And they've also found a fossil of a slightly younger uh, fish. <laughs> next to it, but, I mean, you can you know, draw your own conclusions from that.
2: Well, the slightly younger fish was... Uh, more willing to experiment with her genital plates.
3: You've got to wait till you're married before you start pitching uh, line dancing style.
2: <laughs> it's a big leap from spawning to line dancing style, I think, uh, for all of us. Um, that's all the time we have for the divorce section because we've got to plunge into our pull-out section. Our pull-out section of the week. Five ways to survive lockdown with your family. Let's face it, spending time with family just isn't natural. If we were supposed to do it, then children would stay on the inside where they belong. But whether it's a birthday, a holiday, or a global pandemic that just won't go away, sometimes there's no avoiding family. Luckily, we've come up with the perfect tips for you to survive your family if you happen to be trapped in the home with them. Tip one, convince Dad he's in the Matrix. All you need are two identical cats and an enigmatic pill pusher. Once dad is convinced, tell him he has to practice karate in the garage indefinitely or hide from Hugo weaving, and you'll forget all about that noise he makes every time he sits down. Tip two secretly hypnotize your mother. Hypnotism's easy, it's just eye contact in a cape. And the applications are endless. You could help your mother stop smoking, ease her fears about the future, or convince her that you didn't spend that last nine hours watching reruns of some terrible television show and eating ice cream out of the tub. Tip number three, invent mythical beings. You've already convinced the kids that a rabbit gives them chocolate once a year and a fairy wants to buy their teeth. Why stop now? Tell them if they don't speak for a week, an owl will give them video games. Or the etiquette ghost gives spiders to children with bad manners. Or a unicorn wants them to make you breakfast. All you have to lose is their trust in you when they inevitably discover your lies. Tip four, build a nursing home for grandpa. Sure, actual nursing homes have become COVID orgies, but that doesn't mean you have to spend quality time with grandpa. A nursing home is just a place you put old people so you can pretend they don't exist until they die. It doesn't have to be a building. A nursing home can be the attic or the linen closet or that box the fridge came in. So long as you can't see him, you don't have to feel guilty. Tip five, convince the dog it's a cat. Cats don't bark. That's our section of tips. For surviving your family during lockdown. All right, that's all the time we have for our pull-out section because now we're on to the end of all family. Our death section, our family death uh, section, begins with green death. Apparently, uh, on sale now is the option to be buried in a sort of a pod and have a tree grow out of you, which is either something that you definitely want or something that you definitely do not want. Andy, are you going to be buried in a compostable tree pod?
0: Um, Well, look, I I don't know yet. Uh, I mean, it very much depends whether my um, current experiments with the elixir of eternal life bear fruit. Um, (laughs) My my current recipe is a couple of uh, glasses of um, Spanish vermouth a day and watching a frankly heroic amount of live cricket. And it's working really well so far. But, you know, whether that results in eternal life i guess i guess time will tell but i mean uh, it's quite intriguing this i think it's really i mean a a demonstration of how f***ing incredible america is as a nation that basically what you've got here is a process that has really been perfected by sticking people in the ground as humanity has done since the very dawn of time and america has added to it a classic example of unnecessary technological advance that you can now do in a special rotating pod, and charging people $10,000 for it. <laughs> so they've basically monetized something that was already done perfectly well by the Earth. So it's heroic effort
3: from America. It's actually um, founded by, by three American-Italian families, Alice. I don't know uh, if you know, it was uh, the uh, Donatello's, the Garibaldi's... Uh, and the Pellicinis <laughs> and um, a spokesperson for them said, "Yeah, it was it's really easy. You know, you get a body, you put it in a in a little box, bang, by boom, you got a beautiful flower, no questions asked." Well, wow.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is one of those stories which, are, on the surface, it seems very simple, but as you dig into it, it's incredibly complicated and annoying. There's a whole process to it. It's not just sticking you in the ground and waiting for a tree to grow out of you, which is the traditional uh, way of doing it. But they put you in an insulated wooden box packed with wood chips and straw uh, that for some reason has wheels on it so you can roll it around. So it's like if you have a compost bin so that you can (laughs) agitate it.
0: Sounds like what you do with a live hamster.
2: (laughs) And then uh, after about three months, they open the vessel and then they filter out any uh, medical prosthetics, and then they pulverise the remaining bones and put them back in. There's like a whole recipe, and they pull out your teeth in case you have fillings that might poison the tree, and then they rebury you after they've kept you in 131 degrees Fahrenheit for up to 72 hours to kill any bacteria. See, that just seems like a very long way around to just chuck him in that ditch, you know?
0: Yes. I mean, and also, it says... That you, you're presented with a cubic yard of soil. But I mean, you know, why do they need to give the. They're still body shaming people who've popped their compostable <laughs> wooden clogs. And you've got to be careful what you, what do you do with the soil? You don't want to put it in your garden, you're looking out the window saying, oh shit, next door neighbours' bloody cat has just crapped on Auntie Mildred again. <laughs> you don't want that, do you?
3: Well, you're not allowed to grow edible food from uh, because right. that would be immoral. Or. What's the Catholic God intended? One of the two. I mean,
0: you don't want a sort of human tomato hybrid growing out of your your vegetable patch, do you? You don't. (laughs) No, I certainly don't. (laughs) The Colorado Catholic Conference, easily my favourite football competition, they've opposed the bill.
2: I mean, the best of all of the clubs that can be pronounced (laughs) (laughs) k-k-k.
0: They've said that body composting quotes does not promote human dignity. But then neither does dying in the first place. It's
3: (laughs) f***ing shit.
0: Or getting old, getting decrepit, getting mad and confused. But they're all in favour of that, but but, but not being turned into a bit of soil. It's hypocrisy. The only post-death service I would be interested in would be if there was a company offering guaranteed hauntings that, you know, if you could pay people £5,000 before you died to guarantee that they would then you know, dress up as you in a sort of big white cloak and go and scare the shit out of you people that have pissed you off during your life. That I'd happily pay for that.
2: That would be a great service.
3: Do you know what doesn't promote human dignity is the Pope Mobile. I don't think the (laughs) Catholic Church are the greatest barometers on what qualifies as human dignity.
2: You can have too much transparency. Uh, but I feel like the problem with the Catholic Church is that it's got transparency in all the wrong places. Like, like the worst Met Gala outfits.
3: <laughs> Alice, what vegetable, if you were to die in a plot, would you come back at? So I'd, be, I'd be a pumpkin patch, if I could be any. I really love pumpkin soup. I'd love to share that with people. And James, let a
2: girl preserve some mystery. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of our family special edition of The Gargle. Now uh, we're flipping through the ads at the back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by pigeons, rats you can throw. <laughs> Andy, have you got anything to plug?
0: Uh, well, just uh, the, the, the bugle, the sister-uncle uh, publication of, of the gargle, do do listen to that.
2: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by philosophy, a question's only as good as its lack of a definitive answer. James Nokise, have you got anything to plug?
3: Uh, yes, my uh, new series of my podcast, Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower, Uh, is is up which uh, has more mental health conversations uh, with people who have been uh, in lockdown uh, which is quite fun
2: always fun Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show I'm your host Alice Fraser find me online at at alliterative on Twitter and Instagram that's A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E or find me at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser for a one stop shop for all of my stand up special podcasts and blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your editor is Ped Hunter. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. I'll talk to you next week.
0: You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions, and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.
1: Boonepig